welcome everyone to this week's edition of the Bombercast of 2023, the post-Richmond win edition, first time in 12 games, and we can officially say that on this podcast. I'm your regular co-host, The Grizz, and with me is uh, guest host this week, Darrow. Darrow, thank you for joining. What a win. How about that for the first time in 13 tries, we managed to get over the top of those bloody Tigers. It's a beautiful thing. It was a fantastic win. I'm uh, I'm still buzzing, to be honest. Were, were you watching it on TV or were you, on, were you at the game? I was at the game. Yeah, I was at the game. So got to experience everything, the highs, the lows, and the last seven seconds, which were fantastic. We'll get to the last sort of seven seconds uh, in a second. It was a... It was a great game, very absorbing game to watch. Um, I thought that the skills were sort of lacking at different points, but um, it was an absorbing contest. It never sort of got away from either team at any point. Um, Richmond got out to about three goals up with about five to six minutes left, but uh, we rallied back, which was good. But we haven't had much luck against these Tigers. We've sort of been their bunnies over the period of dominance that they've had from about 2017 through to now. I think the last time we beat them was was literally 10 years ago. It was a game of contrasting styles. We we played with a lot of uncontested marks. They were trying to get their running game going and both teams had periods of the game where their style was on top. But I think our ability to control the footy and Damien Hardwick sort of mentioned it um, his press conference really was able to keep us in the game, I think, because Richmond's running power was pretty clear to see. Yeah, absolutely. Clearly, clearly a tactical effort to, to I guess, chip the ball around and slow it down a bit at times, uh, keep maintain possession. But then I think when we got up and running and we started to move a little bit more directly and with a bit of speed, we started to look really dangerous. So there was definitely ups and downs, shifts in momentum. And, yeah, it was, it was good to see us come away with a win at the end of the day. What was it? What did you say? Ten years since we'd beaten them. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think it was 2013 we last beat them. This was the 13th time we've played since then. Uh, first time we we got a win, uh, which is a bit bizarre, isn't it? Like I remember Melbourne and St Kilda, there was that stretch where St Kilda beat Melbourne like 10 times in a row or whatever it was, and that seemed unsurmountable. But somehow, you know, classic Essington was able to, to beat that streak. It was a bizarre game. It was a great finish, obviously, for us. Uh, you were there at the game. What was the atmosphere like? How, what was it <laughs> with seven seconds, you know, not even seven, when, at 40 seconds ago when Sammy Durham took that mark in the goal square? Um, what was going through your mind as he was lining up to kick it? I thought he'd miss it, actually. <laughs> I, could, <laughs> I could hardly watch. Uh, and it was fantastic when it went through. That, that, is a, that is one of the greatest wins I've seen for a while. Yeah, and I think Sammy Durham said um, in the media uh, on a couple of occasions, said it, said it on the broadcast and the next day on, on Sunday footy show that he was basically packing himself because he missed something similar to that <laughs> um, on his debut. And I'd completely forgotten about it, but I looked back at it and, and it was, um, yeah, he missed one from point blank range. That would have been quite the anticlimax. Uh, if he didn't miss that kick, oh, oh gosh, could you imagine um, being a mod on the Essendon board? Yeah. suck that night. Oh, look, I, 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 I've, I've told this gag before, but I, I kept watching the replays of it, thinking he was going to miss. That's you know, it was, it was just one of those things. Yeah, we've been on the receiving end of some, you know, some losses. The the one last year uh, where Jamie Elliott kicked that goal uh, from the pocket. Yeah, you know, it's 
it's it's good to have one go our way for a change. The game that went through my head was Gary Rowan on the line against Sydney. Remember up at the up at oh, the SCG yeah, where he, he threw Gleeson out of the way and, That's and it. marked it. I remember that. Yeah, yeah with too. about yeah. 15 seconds left and he took his 30 seconds or so so you just knew you just knew oh we're gonna this like this protracted death but we won't go back there because that's that's a haunting yeah. that's a haunting game i still have nightmares i was no, yeah still have nightmares yeah. about that one let's move on we won one of those but it was it was an interesting culmination because i thought you know we don't historically play end of games well we, we tend to get beat you mentioned the collingwood game last year there are multiple off the you know the whole last quarter against collingwood this year for example um the last sort of minute against port Adelaide. we don't tend to play these situations well whereas i think we actually tactically we, we got it right so you know mason redmond was saying on i think triple m after the game that it's called chips in where with about three minutes to go, you know, the chips in sign went up and the, it just meant take the game on at all times. And in that last, you know, sort of style of play, I think, it, uh, you know, a lot of things went right. Mason Redmond and Nick Hind were able to get fat side space. Dyson Heppel, mm-hmm. who couldn't catch a cold for the best part of the game, took a really important mm-hmm. intercept mark with about 50 seconds left. Mm-hmm. And one thing, you know, even leading up to the Durham goal, you'll see there that like Dar- Redmond kicks it inside 50 to about four Richmond players. I'm like, oh, no, we're going to get picked off here. Sammy Draper comes flying in from the bottom of the screen and forces a contest. It was quite a good effort by Sammy. I think it's something that's relatively underrated. You just see him fly against four Richmond defenders, brings the ball to ground. Mm. Jake Stringer does the team thing for probably the first time in his entire career. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> Sammy, it just, it just, for the first time ever, Durham, uh, the first time ever, Darren, I feel like you know, we got all the last end of moment things right. Yeah. Well, even the ball bounced the right way at one point there. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it, it just went our way. It, it, it fell our way on the day, which was, was really good. Maybe our luck's turning. I don't know. You know, it, there's definitely some good vibes happening at the moment, I think. Yeah, and you're getting there, the the players, I think, to the media. One guy I did want to touch on, we're going to talk about individuals now, is Zach Merritt. I thought that was probably the most complete game he's ever played. Like He's had games where he's won more disposals, he's you know, kicked more goals, whatever. But I just thought his tackling and his defensive pressure, with so many experienced guys out of the midfield, it was him and the kids, and he was one out for a lot of the time. Stringer went in there at times at, for centre bounces. But I just thought that was one of the best all-round, if probably the best all-round game I've ever seen him play. Yeah, have to agree there. Um, and he, he definitely led from the front, or led by example. Yeah, great captain's game. He, he was brilliant. And as you say, it was a complete game. He was His kicking was precise. Um, you know, his, his defensive game was on point. He was, yeah, he's, he was fantastic. And, and, and probably the difference between the two sides in the end, I think. Yeah, and that chase down tackle on Dustin Martin to turn it over, really. Yeah, yeah. Jack Jack Revolt having well, the biggest brain explosion I've ever seen, just soccering it straight to Jordan Ridley. <laughs> I don't quite understand what he was doing. But I thought the midfield had a, a, a good game overall. I think Jai Caldwell had some shocking moments in terms of, I think, that, that dump kick in the go- defensive goal square straight to Jack Graham and a couple of missed kicks. But... All in all, 30 touches, just about drilled a pass through Sam Wiedemann's chest in the fourth quarter. 
um, was one of the best kicks out of the clearance I've ever seen. Um, it was really good to see guys like him and Ben Hobbs step up in the absence of um, Parrish and Sheehan Setterfield, who were all out missing. Um, it was a great game. To, it was great to see sort of the younger guys step in and, and do a job. Yeah, no, absolutely. I actually, I know we spoke about this before, but one other um, who I, I thought looked okay, his kicking could have been a bit better, was Wiedemann. Um, I, I, he surprised me a little bit this year. I, I, um, I think he's he's done pretty well. I mean, he's he's kicked these two or three goals. He's taken some really strong grabs at times. He, it's probably only really his kicking that's let him down a little bit. He cleans that up a little bit. I mean, we've he, he's having a good year, I think. Yeah, I think I think he's on track for about forty goals this year. I think that's if you if you were to pro rata, you know, to use a technical term, his goals to games. He's played eight, kicked thirteen. So you're basically going at what's that? You know, one point six goals a game. You're looking at roughly forty goals, which we haven't. We found you know a couple of guys. Peter Wright, we got for a half eight and bag of twisties, and he kicked fifty odd goals for us last year. Um, if Sam Wiedemann yeah. can kick forty odd goals as the second guy, I think part of it is just continuity. He's played eight games, basically picked when fit. It just you know these young talented guys just need opportunity. It seems like they need it, and yeah, he had a couple of horrific misses on the weekend. But um, if he'd kick four mm-hmm. or five, I think we would be raving about him, which is great to see. But uh, I think. The greatest thing I think about this year so far is we're seeing guys step up, whereas I think last year it was left to too few, too many guys, and um, the the older guys just weren't sort of stepping up and it became this sort of cycle of no one was doing the team thing because no one else was doing the team thing, but it just seems like everyone's working hard and we're missing guys, but the effort's there and... You know, Dyson Heppel's had a probably a good month. He had a couple of horrific kicks on again on the weekend and dropped a couple of marks. But I thought, like I said, that that intercept with about 50 seconds left was crucial. If he had lost that, it was yeah. basically Richmond three on one at the wing. So he had to take that mark yeah. and he did, which was great. Um, yeah. Sammy Durham had a great game aside from the winning goal. Kane Baldwin was one. What do you think of Kane Baldwin's game? I, I thought it was pretty solid. As he, he's, he's the, he, yeah, he's, he surprised me down back he's been much better than I, I expected him to be i think he stays in i don't think he's done much wrong since he's he's come in which is which is great given he's probably what the fourth or fifth choice for that position in the seniors i i guess this is something that you look for that's encouraging um is is you bring a few young players in and they start to show a few signs and he's he's another one i think who who's definitely shown that he can play yeah, a little bit. So it'll be interesting interesting to see how he goes over the next few weeks if he if he manages to hold his spot. Yeah, and I think um we'll get to changes later in the in the pod possibly, but mm. I think you know, Jordan Ridley coming back just settles everyone down, I think. Like just structurally it slots everyone into to better holes. You know, Baldwin and Zerk Thatcher both looked far more accomplished with Ridley there as the guy flying into a system when needed and you just see the confidence of the side build up. He's such a good player, Ridley. Oh, he's probably a bit underrated, I think. Yeah, well, he's, yeah. No, go. Uh, he's probably underrated outside of Essendon, but I don't think anyone within mm. the club or within the support of is underrated. Yeah, he's he's such a good player. Um, he just seems to he just seems to know. He just seems to read the ball so well. He knows where to to go, as you said. Knows when to knows when to come across and help out a teammate. 
knows where there's which gaps to fill. His kicking is fantastic. I think he might have. There's one kick that he did in the game that stuck with me. I think he was on the wing and he's and it looked like he was kicking to an opposition player, but it just cleared his head and landed into the diving hands of um, of Wiedemann, who was on a lead. I think it was Wiedemann. It was it was a brilliant kick. He's an amazing kick of the football as well. Just a really good player. Um, and yet you're right, we definitely look a lot better with him back in the side. It was great to see, I think, everyone come together, everything come together in this game in the sense of the effort yeah. sort of culminating in a win. Like there's only so many sort of competitive efforts you can come up with against good teams before, you know, the preaching of system and effort sort of starts ringing hollow. And so we got the win against Melbourne, which was great. To get this one against Richmond, so probably the two best teams of the last five to six years. It was really good. And we probably got Richmond at a good time, I think, as well. Um, they're not in great form and the, the coach just stood aside. So everything probably wasn't going great to the joint to begin with. Yeah. But you can only play who's in front of you. And um, speaking of sort of playing what's in front of you, I suppose, you know, I, I just want to talk about where we're at at this point in the season. So we're five and five and Fox Sports put up our draw and had us we've had the single so number one toughest draw in the league over the first 10 games we've got the second easiest over the next 14 we're five and five now i came into this season and bonson and i talked about expectations we didn't think finals were realistic but we just wanted to see improvement we wanted to see young guys play we're five and five which i thought were going to be three and seven two and eight with a really easy draw come up is finals too high of a bar is that the bar we need to be setting or is it still no process effort and system in young guys is what we really need to be focusing on? I think it all depends. Um, I mean, if we have a good run with injuries and we continue to play the way we're playing, we get a few back, you know, the, the kids stay reasonably consistent, well, then we, you know, we probably should be aiming to to win at least half those games. And especially, I think you said before, two games against North and two games against West Coast. I mean, there's four you know, four of the 14 and 10 left to go. Um, and that'll take us to nine wins, you know. So what do we need? Three out of 10, four out of 10 from there to to make it. I think if, as long as we're seeing improvement and uh, as we've seen, and, and I think, you know, that's enough to be happy with. But, geez, it'd be good to play finals and even better if we can get in there and win one for a change, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but... I think we've exceeded. I think the main thing is we've, we've already exceeded our expectations. You, you said, you know, two wins, two and eight, maybe three and seven. You know, we're five and five. So that's better than what we, you probably anticipated, what I anticipated. But hopefully we continue to, to see the signs we're seeing now and, and hopefully some more good wins. And who knows, we might be lining up for finals tickets later on. <laughs> Let's see. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. No, 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 no. But I, I think, you know, it's not unrealistic. And yeah. I, I tend to think, you know, aim there. Um, just because you aim for something and don't reach it doesn't mean it's not a success. So if we say, right, we should be aiming to win seven of the next 13 games, be 12 and 11 and have a shake at the finals. If we don't get there, okay, at least we tried. And mm. we can point to, yeah, we didn't make the finals, but along the way we discovered Sam Wiedemann's a key forward for the future. We saw Nick Cox and... and Elijah Sartis and Zach Reed, whenever he gets back, gets six, eight, ten games into them. 
uh, to point us towards next year. You know, we realise we can trade Darcy Parish. <laughs> um, no, don't no, go there, it's a seriously. That, that'll be the end of the podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm being facetious, but um, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we can discover all those things along the way if we make finals. We make finals, but I, I'm I'm optimistic that. You know, like I said, West Coast, North Melbourne, four games against them. GWS still to come as well. We've got Adelaide, yeah. you know, Port again, Port in Melbourne. We've got Carlton. That's going to be a massive game in two weeks. Like if we, yeah. if we yeah. knock off West Coast, North Melbourne, and Carlton are still struggling, they're going to really be redlining that game. Um, and there'd just be something great about really killing off <laughs> any chances of finals they might have going forward. But we're getting – that's that's three weeks from now. Anything else on the Richmond game you want to sort of touch on before we move on? Not really. I think we've we've covered it. No worries. Well, we'll move to just general AFL news because unless you've been living under a rock, a couple of big news stories have sort of been affecting the AFL generally. We'll, we'll get to the late – we'll start with the latest victim – of the Essendon coach killing curse, which is uh, teams that lose to Essendon sacking their coach <laughs> the next day, it seems like. Um, it was so that, good to be on the other side of it for a change. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. We, we we sacked our coach, what was it, 11 games ago, but we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, Damien Hardwick, three-time premiership coach, Arguably the greatest coach in Richmond history. Um, Tom Heafy fan to have a, an argument about that, but he's obviously stepping aside. Um, this has major ramifications, I think, for a number of coaching positions around the league, both uh, for coaches out of contract and in contract. But I just think it's worth noting that you know he's an Essendon boy, Damien Hardwick, but he, you know, he he arrived there when Richmond were a basket case, and now they're him and Peggy O'Neill and Brendan Gale have turned that place into an absolute sort of powerhouse and uh, kudos to, to Dimmer for doing that. Absolutely. I, I loved him as a, as a rugged halfback flanker at Essendon. He was, he was tough. And, uh, you know, I guess you, you want him to be an Essendon person, but I guess he's a bit to Richmond now as Sheeds is to Essendon. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, very similar in, in many ways, actually. But look, you, you, as you said, his, his record speaks for itself. He's had a fantastic career as a coach. Um, you know, three premierships puts him right up there with anyone who's ever coached. Um, you know, he's, he's done it with a smile on his face. He seems to have done it the right way. And, and you know, uh, kudos to him. Well done. Hope to see him back. He's, he's actually, I, I really like watching him talk about footy as well. I think, you know, if he's not coaching, he, he might be really good in the media. But I guess we'll, we'll just have to wait and see on that one. His demeanour in press conferences versus his demeanour on just general media is very different. Like when he's when he's talking to the media, he's a real prick. When he's part of the media, he's really interesting to listen to. Um, but I, I suppose a lot of coaches are like that. Mick Malthouse has always been like that. If you see him on, on TV, he's great. Oh, yeah. Great value as well. So it, it will be an interesting sort of domino effect, though, because there's all you know. There's already links between sort of Richmond and Ken Hinckley to put Adelaide Garth to Damien Hardwick. There's questions of does Dimmer just wait? do a Alistair Clarkson and wait six, 18 months and wait. I think there's eight sort of coaching gigs out of contract next year. And then that's not including teams like Rich, uh, Essendon and North Melbourne last year that see an opportunity for an experienced coach and, and move on their contracted coach. This could be, you know, it's rare that you see three, two, three plus time, three time plus premiership coaches 
available in the space of 18 months like we have with Clarkson and, and Hardwick. But this could be significant. You know, Carlton fans are already calling for Voss's head to, to get Hardwick in there. Yeah, well, you know, something wrong at Carlton, I think. I mean, they their list is as good as, as well, I, I reckon I've said, although they don't look like they're a great list this year. I know they've had a few out. But there's something not quite right at, at Carlton, whether that's the coach, you know, whether it's other things. Um it's never a good look when you see the the coach and the captain arguing or appearing to argue down on the ground, you know, on the sideline. Anyway, yeah, getting back to to Dimo, I mean, who, I don't know. I mean, it'll be it'll be really interesting to. I mean, I've I've heard a few conspiracy theories. Um, you know, there's a few few theories floating around already about you know where he's going to end up, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I'd, I'd love to see him back at Essendon in some capacity, but I know we we probably wouldn't be able to fit him in. Uh, there, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. What What do you think? I think, yeah, I don't know. I think there's very little chance he's going to come back to Essendon, considering how close he is with Truck. Mm. <laughs> that might be a bit of a barrier. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, whoops. Uh, but um, I, 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 I wonder if a gig like the Western Bulldogs. So if the Bulldogs flame out again this year, um, do the Dogs look at Luke Beveridge and go? We've got too talented of a list to keep having this happen. Mm. Can Hardwick be that guy to tie it all together? I think Carlton, if they move Voss on, which would be remarkable, you know, would be a decent sort of fit as well. I don't know. I think Carlton's probably just not fast enough to play the way Hardwick likes to play. I don't know. And I, I it's one of those things where it will be completely unforeseen. Like some club will move on their coach and we'll be like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, you know, I, I could see Adelaide. What if Adelaide flame out in the next six months? And we've seen how talented that list is. Could you imagine sort of Hardwick taking them over on the upswing, for example? The, the, I, I think whoever he coaches next, I don't think it's going to be an obvious candidate. But, you know, this is the Essendon podcast, so we can probably move on from that point. We'll, we'll touch <laughs> um, very briefly on another news item. We won't go too deep into it because of the complexities and the the sensitivities involved, but it's a Hawthorne racism scandal, inquiry, investigation. I'm not quite sure what the words are for it, but took a turn this week. Um, Mediation cancelled, which was meant to be held today, but didn't go forward. We're at a point now where the AFL is taking the investigation back from the panel. Um, so eight months of basically useless work <laughs> taken. We're at a point here, Darrow, where I think just no one wins. The accused have no justice. Mm-hmm. The accused have no natural justice or procedural fairness. And the AFL is essentially now doing something that they should have done right from the beginning and... Everyone's just been sort of dragged through the mud for eight months because of it. No one wins. Yeah, like like you said, there's no winners, and and um, I guess um, obviously you know people feel hard done by on both sides at the end of end of this. Um, I don't think the AFL have done themselves any favours with the way that they've handled it. Probably given the seriousness of the claims, needed to be dealt with a lot more quickly, and you know reputations at stake, and really you know Clarkson Clarkson. Uh, Fagan and, and Bert, and they're, they're tainted by this regardless of the outcome. You know, what do they say, mud sticks? Um, yeah. So, yeah, look, it's a little bit disappointing, um, you know, and, and uh, for all involved, really, at the end of the day. 
Yeah, and we're going to get to a point where I, I don't think this is the end if they're exonerated from this investigation. Exonerated is the wrong term. The media keeps on saying exonerated. They're not in the criminal yeah. trial. There's no such thing as an exoneration. But if yeah. they're cleared, yeah. I suppose, through the investigation, yeah, putting on, uh, putting on, putting on a leap, putting yeah. on. A, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, they, they won't. They won't be cleared though. That's the thing because if if they don't, you know, they they're not thrashing it out you know what i mean like there's no mediation i'm probably getting a little bit too deeply into this there really is nothing i mean nothing yeah. has happened at all there's been some claims made and that's it you know yeah. and to this day clarkson and co haven't had access to those claims which is yeah. just ridiculous when you think about it but yeah, yeah. um but um <laughs> anyway I, yeah it's it's yeah it's just a shimozzle all-round shimozzle it is absolutely yeah, and it's nice that we're not the schmozzle for the first time in fifteen years. <laughs> like you, you don't, yeah. you don't, you don't wish on this to happen. You don't wish this upon anyone. But if it's going to happen to someone, at least this time, it's not us. And as Essendon fans, we can empathise <laughs> probably more so than any other fan base in the AFL. Well, yeah, we we have we've been through it, and we know how, what it feels like. And um, you know, yeah, I, I guess you know, having a bit of empathy is good. At the end of the day, yeah. All right, well, on to on to brighter notes, I suppose, which is this week's game against West Coast. I have one question with you to start for you to start there. Just how bad are the West Coast Eagles? Um, they've just they've lost to the 18th ranked team by 116 points. I think it is the la- second largest loss to a team ranked 18th going into a round. Their injury list is quite literally unprecedented. Um, they're fielding what looks to be a waffle team at this point. Just how bad are the West mm. Coast Eagles? Oh, they're they're bad. <laughs> they're, they're really bad. Let's hope we beat them on the weekend. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, they're they're horrible. I I I I watched a little bit of the game. Um, not much. Um, enough. A couple of minutes. That was enough for me. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> Yeah, there, there weren't too many recognisable players out there. I, I heard somewhere that, you know, that, uh, there's, well, you might have some numbers. Um, there's remnants of their senior list available, and that's it at the moment. And it's a good time to be playing them. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the, the stat that they've shown is I think there's like 400 games experience. So like 400 games more experience missing than there are than there is on the park. I think it's like 2,000 games worth of experience missing, and they're playing about you know five, fourteen or fifteen hundred. So you know that that's li- yeah. quite literally unprecedented. I think they had 19 players yeah. on the injury list, and they've picked up another couple of injuries this week. So I, I think no, no important. That wasn't Oscar Allen or anyone like that. <laughs> well, now that you mention it, um, he's left the he's left training with a leg injury. Just good for them. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's quite it's the definition of unprecedented what they're going through. I have serious concerns about what they're going to do in terms of fielding a team. They're missing eight of their ten most experienced footballers at this point, and you know you need twenty two to field a team, but that's that's for AFL policymakers to figure out. In terms of our injury list, um, we've got three guys who are all chances of coming in this week. We've got Shield, Guelphie and Laverde who are all declared fit for AFL duties. Guelphie, I imagine, will be a sub considering he only played AFL a VFL for a half if he does play at AFL level. What are your expected changes? I thought, you know, Phillips was pretty tired out there against Richmond. Well, do you, do you bring in really Brian? Nice uh, yeah, that. Brian in, Phillips out. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. No, Phillips needs a rest. 
I don't know. I reckon Guelph could probably spend a little bit more time in the reserves because if he only played a half, I can't really think of anyone else. I, I think I think everyone else was was at worst solid on the weekend. I, you know, even guys like Baldwin, who are probably our fifth choice for the position down back, were were pretty good. Um, was pretty good, I should say. Um, yeah, it, it's. It feels like we've got a bit of depth, even though we've got a few people out. It's. I haven't thought that for a while. <laughs> so, yeah, it'd be interesting. What about you? Who do you think? I think Laverty, if he's fit, probably comes in for Baldwin. I think as as solid as Baldwin was, I think Laverty's got the seniority there, and they play a sort of similar role. Yeah. That'll be depending on how fit Laverty is. And I think Sheil, if he gets over his ankle, probably comes in. It was great yeah. to have the young guy step up to the midfield, but if Sheil's available, I think that's helpful for our young midfield to, to bring him back in. Otherwise, I think yeah, you don't want to change a winning side all that much, so you got to be really careful. And West Coast aren't great, so if Laverty or Sheil or any of those guys need an extra week, I suppose this is a week for. It. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, now that you mention it, maybe Davey, Davey could probably do with a break. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. And Snelling. I, I mean, I guess you want to play your best side, so that they might. I don't, I don't think either of those two were, were fantastic on the weekend. But you know, as you say, if if those players available, you know, need another week, we may as well give them another week. Yeah, I think Shield was pretty close, wasn't he? Yeah, play. I think. I think. That- that was as late a call up as you can get. I think it was basically Saturday morning. But yeah, if Shield comes in, I think um, Davey or, or Snelling are probably the guy um, teams that guys that go out. What do you want to see? So are you, are you? Is it we have to win by ten goals, or it's not good enough, or are you a bit more like me, where I'm just like, as long as we don't Essington this up and lose it, I'm okay. No. I think they need to to go out there and and give it everything. Try and win by as much as they can. Don't take the foot off the accelerator at all. You know, I don't know. West Coast are a very average side. We we need to really be winning games like this and and winning going big. I think when we win. Yeah, I think there's a good chance we'll probably. Win. I think seven to eight goals is probably par, which is bizarre considering it's S and B West Coast, but. Oh, I just this is historically the game we lose, and I'm petrified yeah, of losing that's it. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we can't lose there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's uh, it. Oh, I, I just look Hawthorne. Well, Hawthorne beat them by 120 points, and Hawthorne are not flash. So yeah, I mean, if you're using them as your measuring stick, we should do it pretty easily. Yeah, but yeah, I, <laughs> I don't want to tempt fate too much. No, I just I have the feeling of like. Melbourne beating us when we were eight and one, and they were basically zero and sip, and you know just the unlosable game. If there's a way to lose a game, we will lose it. <laughs> so let's let's see if the Scott effect can overcome that. So I suppose the final question, Dara, before we wrap up, is tip and margin. I think we're both picking Essendon, um, but uh, what's your margin? And maybe a, a crazy prediction for the game. Okay. All right. Well. I'm going to I'm going to go with 80 or 90 points. Oof. Um yeah. And I reckon I reckon Wiedemann will kick five or six goals. Right. Yeah, okay. Well, I suppose those two go hand in hand if we're going to win by 80 or 90, someone's got to kick five <laughs> or six and he'd probably be as good as anyone. I I think it's going to be closer than people would like. I think it's going to be a six goal win, five or six goals. Um I think it's going to be tight for most of the game and we might kick on late. And I think crazy prediction, 
is that Redmond will kick three off the half-baked flank. I think that's that's the crazy prediction for this week. I don't know if that is crazy. All from outside 50? All, yeah. All from well, outside 50? Or you, yeah. Well, I'm hope, well, I suppose he probably he probably can't get much closer to playing off half-back. If he kicks three from the goal square, then West Coast really are bad. <laughs> like if your half-back flanker is getting into the goal square to kick goals, then it's a procession, but that's okay. If that happens, I'll be happy. Darrow, yeah. thanks for joining. Um, it's I know we're, we're, you've been on a couple of times in the past, but it's great to have you back again this season. Thank you very much for having me on. No, it, it was a pleasure to have you. And um, uh, for everyone listening, thank you for uh, joining us. Make sure you like, subscribe, tell your estimate supporting mates. Thanks for listening again. Enjoy the win against Richmond, and we'll see you next week. Go Bombers. Go Bombers.